0: And happy Monday. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new here, I'm Kim. Welcome to Your Glowing. I want to first start out by thanking everyone who has reviewed, responded, emailed me saying tuned in. Anyone who's tuned in, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe you're here. Like, thank you. And I, I'll, I just want to give some shout outs because You ladies who have reviewed and then wrote to me to the podcast email, I am so grateful for you. So we have Haley, Sarah, Laura, Jenna, Chelsea, Krislyn, Bethany, Shelby, Sammy, Nicole, Christine, you guys, thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. I just, I'm at a loss for words, but I'm so glad you're here tuning in each week. We're not stopping. We're, it's just going to get better. Okay. Now, today's Monday. It's a holiday here. It's President's Day. My girls don't have school. Ayla knows a lot about presidents. <laughs> Actually, just two George Washington, and Abraham Lincoln. It's funny. She's been like spitting out facts. Like I thought I knew like the basics, but she, they're going deep on this President's Day stuff in school, or at least they did last week. So. If you need any trivia about Abraham Lincoln or George Washington, Ayla Ayla will hook you up with that. Okay. It's a different Monday, basically, over here. A little recap. Last week, thank you for the support on the knitwear line. We had another great launch of that. So many of you were scooping up my favorite oversized sweater. It's the cutest thing. Um, The new color pink. We had a lot of the pants and shorts and then the crop shirt. Oh, my gosh. Every... Thank you. Thank you for supporting me and my my dream, my vision. I cannot wait to see you rock in your knitwear as we head into spring. A couple things coming up. Okay, we got a few. I, I, I got my Tula order last week. So I'm gonna be doing a little review on the products I got because I did get a new cleanser that I'm excited about. And then Dime, my staple skincare. They're having a sale. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, but it's coming up this week on Thursday. Okay. So mark your calendar. I'll probably post it on my Instagram story, but on Thursday, February 23rd, they are going to do 25% off site-wide and my code will be perry25. I'll put that in the show notes that's coming up. So get excited for that. Also another thing I'm doing, I'm, I'm excited about this. I've never done it before. I'm going to be doing a live CPR training with Thrive Institute. Thrive Institute, if you're, if you're unaware, they do CPR training and certification, um, for, you know, choking, drowning, like basic first aid. And I started, or I actually took the course back. I think it was pregnant with Blake, or shortly after I had her just as a refresher, because I remember like they They taught us that like in the hospital, like even when I was pregnant with Ayla, like a new parenting, like CPR, what you need to know type of thing. But I need a refresher every every year at least because it's so scary the thought of having to actually respond in that moment. And I'm just thinking back last week, Ayla had a Valentine's Day party at her school. And there was two other moms there. One of them brought her 10 month old. And she was giving her some fruit, a banana. Oh, it was just like a scary moment because she noticed that the baby took a really big bite and she was like, Oh, that's a lot. And then the baby was gagging or like, it's hard to tell at that age, right? Like when they're starting to eat solids and her baby was born at 30 weeks, we we got in a conversation after this incident, she was fine, but the baby was born early. So her milestones are a little bit delayed. Anyone that has had a baby, you know, prematurely like understands that a 10 month old who was born early is actually, you know, developing around the eight month old, you know, it was scary for us moms in the classroom and all the kids, all the kindergartners stopped. And they, they just like knew that there was like this sense of danger and fear. And the mother just picked up the baby, brought her over the sink and was, patting her back and got, got the banana out. Um, I'm still unsure. Like I wasn't up close with this situation. So I don't know if it was gagging or the baby was actually choking either way. It is so scary. So this course and this live training that we're going to be doing covers that specifically covers, you know, starting solids, um, what to do. If you notice your child is choking, um, how to respond if they're choking on food or if it's a small toy. If if you know, we have the pool set up now and the weather is going to be getting warmer and the girls are going to be swimming like it's scary to talk about, but it needs to be talked about. Also, another thing with CPR and first aid training that I think is very important is having your babysitters, grandparents and anyone who spends time with your kids making sure that they are trained and certified in this, making sure that they know the basics of what to do in worst worst case scenarios that are far too common. Okay. So that'll be next Monday, February 27th with Thrive Training Institute. Um, I'll put that link in the show notes. Super excited to be able to go live with Brandon and what, what you'll get. It's a, actually like a, a really good deal because their courses, I think it ends up being like $297 for like this library of trainings. But when you join in on the live, you get to join in with us. You get to watch the recording if you can't make it on Monday. And you get access to all of it for $97. Like you get access to the library, the live training, the recordings. You can watch it over and over. You can send it to your mother-in-law, your babysitter, your neighbor, whoever you are leaving with your child they should be watching it too. So $97, it's a steal. You're going to feel so much better and so much, what is that? Like, I feel like there's not a word for it, but like you're going to feel like you can rest assured just having the tools that you need, right? Like we feel unprepared because we don't have the tools we need. Once you have those tools and you have that knowledge and understanding and you are geared up and ready for, not that we want like our – mentally preparing, Like we want to know that we can handle ourselves in that situation and we can care for our child. You don't want to feel helpless. Like that is just the worst feeling. Okay. So (laughs) it's going to be good though. You can ask questions. Um, there's going to be a bunch of us on the call. So get, get yourself signed up for that as soon as possible. Other things coming up. Okay. Glow gang swag. It is you guys, I don't want to just send the hats. So everyone who emailed, thank you. I'm not just sending hats. We're getting some goodies in there too. Okay. And I'm waiting for them to come in. Hopefully later this week they'll be in and I can start like packing up the boxes. Stay tuned for that. And then another just personal thing I have going on in a couple weeks. I'm I'm having a little girls weekend. (laughs) Samantha Day, our favorite sleep consultant, is coming down to Florida and we're renting a house. And the house is so cute. It's very family friendly, actually. It'd be great for a family to come down. There's four bedrooms. It's not far from the beach. It's not far from downtown. It is in like a neighborhood area. It has a pool. It's in an actually really safe neighborhood walking distance to like a coffee shop, a park, playground, like it is a great vacation home. So I will share the house uh, so that you can book it for your next family vacation in Sarasota and then we can hang out, right? Okay, so that's everything that's coming up. Okay, and then uh, TV, like what I've been watching. Okay, we, <laughs> I, nothing really new. Um, Justin and I watch two shows that release every Sunday. Mayor of Kingstown. It's not that great, honestly. The first season was like more like we were more into it, but it is like violent. (laughs) Uh, But I got hooked on it, so now like I have to see how it ends. And we're on season two, which is not as good. But like I said, like I feel like we're hooked on it. We got to see where this is going. And then the show Your Honor, which I did mention a few episodes back. It is really good. And I, I just want to binge it, but we can't cause it's one episode a week. So we're trug- chugging along on that. That's also season two. Um, and those are both Amazon prime and we did have to pay extra for your honor, but you know what? It's 20 bucks. It's $20. What, what can you get? Or, or are we paying per episode? I can't remember either way. I'm like, you know what? Justin and I go on a date once every six weeks. Okay, so this is like holding us over until our next date night. We don't spend a lot of money on ourselves in that way, so sure. Here's my $20 to watch the show. Not every we don't pay that every week. It's like for the whole season. Anyways, the last thing I watched by myself without Justin is um Love is Blind on Netflix. They did a like <laughs> not a reunion, but like a recap, a post Love is Blind. Like, I think it's, like, After the Altar. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But they followed up with a bunch of the couples. Like, two of them are married. And so, it's interesting to see, like, how they're doing a year later. They've been married for a year. So, these shows are filmed, like, so far back. And we're just watching it now. But we – yeah. So, I watched that. It, it's really – it's pretty trashy, TV. You know what I mean? Like – But I started it in 2020 on season one and I found it so interesting and I like loved watching love stories. So this is season three. (laughs) If you know, you know. And yeah, it's just cool seeing like after the altar, what the single people are doing, what the coupled up people are doing. And there's like a couple interesting dynamics of people who didn't get married, but are still dating in real life. And then they got reengaged, and then there's infidelity. I don't know. It's just mindless television, but that's what I've been watching. And that's a little recap. All right, now we're going to dive right into this episode best and worst parenting advice. I actually asked on Instagram for best parenting advice, but we somehow worst parenting advice got looped in there. And it's not even parenting advice, it's like new mom advice. For the pregnant moms, this is for the pregnant moms, for the new moms. Maybe you have a one year old, even. You're gonna hear some things today that are gonna excite you and some things that are just gonna be like, wow, that's really relatable. And I've felt that way and I've gotten that advice and I didn't like it. Or, you know, someone told me this and I loved it. Like, I love hearing that. And I'm curious to know if any of these are gonna resonate for the good or for the bad. Or maybe, or maybe you're hearing this all for the first time. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. All right. Let's, let's get into this. I asked and you answered, I am looking for the best advice you would give to a new mom. So maybe you're here looking for advice. Maybe you're pregnant. Maybe you just had a baby and you have no idea what you're doing. No one prepared you for this. No one warned you. No one, you did not see any of this on Instagram. You just saw the cute stuff, right? Well, I'm here to help you today. So again, whether you're pregnant or postpartum, we have some tips, okay? My community comes through anytime. Anytime when it comes to support, supporting a new mom, we got you. And I want to start by giving my advice because I have a lot to say (laughs) and I might touch on a couple of these, like as I'm reading them, I might like put my little, you know, sprinkle of flavor on it. But my biggest advice is that it's not even advice. It's just a reminder. Everything is temporary. I want you to remember that not only during the good times, but also during the bad times. So for me personally, I have to use it during the rough nights, the long days, and then the sleepless nights, like it's temporary. And it's so hard during motherhood because everything just feels so permanent. Like every stage feels like this is how it's going to be for the rest of your life. And as a new mom, you know, after days or weeks of the maybe you're pregnant and like, you're feeling a certain way. You kind of forget that it's going to end soon. Like you're going to have the baby soon. And then like the baby will eventually sleep through the night. And then eventually the baby will be a toddler and wipe their own butt. And they'll be like, we forget. Cause we're so, so deep in it, right? We are knee deep in motherhood. We're knee deep in the, whatever struggle stage you're in there there's an exit, like there is an end to the stage. And just like that, it'll end. And then sometimes a new stage will begin, but it's just another new stage. It's just another phase. And it's, it's again, temporary, right? So that's a reminder. I have to tell myself because like right now, for example, Rosie's struggling to stay in her bed. She is four and a half years old. And I cannot get this girl to fall asleep at night or or stay in her bed. We didn't have that problem with Ayla. And it just feels like it's it's been, I mean, we're coming up on a year of this behavior, and I'm like, well, that's about forever in my book. (laughs) Like it's a long ass time. It's a long freaking time to be struggling every single night. Like, and don't worry, I'm I'm reaching out for help to my friend Samantha Day, Samantha Day sleep consulting. She is a wizard. So it's on me. Like I got to make some changes, but regardless, it's not going to be forever. Do you think she's going to be 15 years old and coming in my bed? I mean, she could be, but I I really don't think that's going to happen. And just from the patterns I've seen my kids go through, it's just, it's going to change eventually. And then using that phrase, everything is temporary during the good times. Also just makes you cherish the moments even more like, you know, right now I could cry. Oh my God. Don't cry. The amount of love that my children have for me I know they're gonna love me forever but like in this age and stage of how sweet they are even I know they're they're tough they're so tough but when they're sweet they're so sweet and I just like it. obviously clearly makes me really upset thinking about it being temporary and that one day they they'll start gonna love me but they're not gonna smother me with their affection and hugs and kisses and always want to be near me and like that's okay because there'll be a new stage for me to venture with them so it's just so precious oh my gosh why am I crying reel it back in reel it back in motherhood is a trip it is so that let that be another piece of advice right there <laughs> let's get into these other helpful tips that hopefully won't bring us to tears today <sighs> So I want to read this one first. I asked, you know, what's your best piece of advice? And she said, none, (laughs) no advice. (laughs) Wait until she asks. Oh my gosh. There's a piece of advice within itself. Do not give unsolicited advice unless someone asks. So I hope you're only listening to this because you are curious yourself, (laughs) or maybe you have a friend that needs a help and you don't know how to help her. And you're tuning. Here's a, a way to help her. Don't just throw advice down her throat. Like do not shove it on her. Do not push any like, oh, well, I saw this. Like, or oh, I heard you're supposed to do this or when I was pregnant. No, please don't do that. First ask if you hear someone complaining or they're frustrated or you can just tell they're like really in need. Like, hey, I'd love to be able to help you if you're open to that. Give them the option to to receive advice, okay? <laughs> don't just go and throw it on them. So I love that. That was one of the first ones that came in. Okay. Someone said, ask for help, even when you think you don't need it. That's interesting. So number one, I feel like sometimes just saying ask for help is very easier said than done. Cause who are we asking? Who are we asking? Like, You have to have a network of people, family members, friends that you can lean into. And not everyone has that. Right. So I'm very grateful that I do. So when I read this and it says, ask for help, it's not even so much asking. It's just like making my close family and friends aware that we're in a situation, (laughs) like just telling Justin, Hey, I've been really needing a break. That's not me asking for him to do something specific. It's just saying like, Hey, I want you to be aware. I'm a little stressed out or I'm struggling with breastfeeding or whatever it might be. Like talk to them about it. Maybe this is my approach because I'm hoping subconsciously that they will offer to help. And I won't have to ask, wow, maybe that's how my brain works, but then asking. Yeah. So also accepting help, even when you don't need it. Like if someone's like, Hey, if you want me to come over, and watch the kids so you can run some errands. And you're like, no, I'm good. I, I really, you know, just why not like take them up on that like if someone's offering to drop off dinner or you know hey i'm at the store do you guys need anything i'm going to be in the area yes actually like don't be afraid to take them up on the offer especially if they're putting it out there but then also asking for help i don't know why it's so hard for us sometimes or for me other than you know making people aware of it i struggle because i think i can do it all by myself even if i feel like i need help i'm my other voice in my head is like, no, you you don't need help. you you can do it by yourself. Like you can do it. <laughs> Will it be an absolute struggle and drive me to the edge of insanity? Probably. but the fact that I could do it by myself holds me back from asking people. So I, after three kids and like having a big move across the United States, like I am like, I am willing to ask for help now more than ever before. All right, next. Okay. Someone said, this is another, like what not to do. Don't tell me it gets worse or just wait. Cause that's another thing that happens a lot with new moms, pregnant women. We hear, Oh, just wait until the baby comes. You think you're tired now? Excuse me, please do not ever say that again. Um, or someone saying, Oh yeah, she's cute now, but just wait till she starts talking. Just wait. Like I actually heard a podcast, Joel Osteen, Osteen, (laughs) Joel Olstein, he's a preacher or pastor. But he talked about that phrase. And he was like mentioning how his son people kept saying this, like, oh, just wait till this, just wait till that. Oh, he's in high school, just wait till he starts driving and dating and drinking. Just wait. And then he's his son is grown now. He's like probably in his late 20s, maybe 30s. And he's like, what are people gonna say now? Just wait till he's 40. Like, what? <laughs> like. <laughs> Why do we have to have this negative? Like, why are we projecting all this negativity on these parents? Why? And like, why can't you allow them to be happy? Why can't you let them enjoy the newborn phase or the toddler, whatever phase they're in? Or maybe they're not enjoying it now. Like, don't make it sound worse later. Oh my gosh. That's like the worst thing you could do. So don't do that. I like to, like, I've told my sister-in-law, her daughter is not my niece. Oh my gosh. She's seven months now. And I've been saying like, just wait until she hugs you for the first time. Like, I feel like there's so many just wait moments that are positive. Just wait until she says, I love you, mom. And then just wait until she learns to write. And she writes you a card that says, I love you. mom. Like it just gets better and better. Okay. So going back to what I said, and I was in tears earlier, like it's just going to get better. Your relationship is going to get better with them. Everything is just going to get like, why can't we spiral up instead of spiraling down? (laughs) Tip number, what are we on? Three, four. Don't be afraid to set boundaries with friends and family. This is another one that's easier said than done, but definitely, definitely helpful. Okay. So boundaries, that's a whole other conversation, but there is a way to do it. And when you do set a boundary in the beginning, it makes it so much easier to keep that boundary. So for example, it's like, Hey, we do dinner at 5 PM and we start bedtime routine at 6 15 every night. So if you're going to come over, we have to like, unfortunately, just because of our schedule right now, you have to leave at six so that we can have our bedtime routine. Something as little as that is going to set the standard. It's going to set the tone. It's going to let them know that's what you need. Or you can say like, Hey, listen, If all goes according to plan and our bedtime is smooth, the kids are down by 7.30 and we can have like a girl's night after. Like you can come over for a glass of wine at eight. This is not my life I'm referencing, but I'm just like trying to think of an example. Like I have this window of time that I cannot have anyone in my house because it disrupts our bedtime, which disrupts our sleep schedule. So I hope that you can respect that. And I I mean, people should. They should. Will they? That they might be need... There might need to be a follow-up conversation, but set those boundaries as early as you can. And it's easier to set them now and then to like have wiggle room later versus, you know, trying to, 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 to go the other way around, like having this loosey goosey, like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And then just being like, actually, I mean, and this is just in my experience, I would rather set the boundary as soon as possible. So like, you know, I'm going to need a heads up if you'd like to come see the baby, like, you know, Thursdays and Saturdays work best for us. Like whatever your boundary is, set the boundary. And there's probably one or two people in your life that need to hear it. It's not like everybody in your life. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Like there's a handful of people, maybe only even one person in your life who's coming to mind right now. She probably needs a boundary right okay <laughs> two that are kind of similar here try and stay fit and healthy and then another one exercise during pregnancy I feel like all of these are easier said than done yeah but staying fit is and, and exercising in general is has so many health benefits whether you're pregnant or not postpartum trying to conceive whatever stage of life exercise has benefits <laughs> whether you're a man woman child adult Exercise is good for you. It's going to help you sleep better, reduce stress. It's going to help you maintain your strength, your bone health, like heart health, like is amazing. But during pregnancy specifically, that's going to help you alleviate those pregnancy symptoms, speed up your labor and recovery time. And I mean, just to name a few, it's going to help with your digestion, your sleep, general health, all of it. So, I mean, obviously I agree with that. Um, but it doesn't have to be like, you know, going to spin class five days a week because sometimes that's not realistic. And I think that's something a lot of pregnant women struggle with is trying to maintain their pre-pregnancy workouts. And that's why it can be so hard to continue and maintain a routine during pregnancy. And then after you have a baby, cause you expect it to look like what you did before. And then you're always feeling like you're failing, because it will never look like that again. <laughs> Cause back then, but pre-kids, you had very little responsibility, right? Like you had your job, you had some bills to pay, maybe family stuff. But like other than that, like you were, you were living the dream. Like you had a lot of time that you don't have anymore. Or maybe you do have the time, but now you have a little one to like, okay, who's gonna want... Like, I get it. If anyone gets it, it's me. So it's all about finding a routine that you can stick with and that you enjoy. Maybe it's, you know, um, at-home workouts. That's what worked for me. And let me tell you, if you would have mentioned that to me when I was my gym rat phase, my gym rat era, when I was a fit chick, if you told me like, you're going to switch to just at-home workouts like all the time and you will never step foot in a gym, I would have probably cried, like curled up into a ball and been like, this is my identity. Oh my gosh, it's it's amazing like how I perceived at home workouts versus how they actually are and how they benefit my life now. Find something you like and find something you can stick with even if it's 3 days a week, that is gold. If you can work out every other day, amazing. Okay. Next we have someone who wrote in like a few things, so I just kind of want to like fall it all, like neatly (laughs) bow, neatly package it all up into one. But she's basically talking about doing what works best for you and your family and then avoiding comparing yourself to others because there are a lot of unrealistic expectations out there on social media. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys, the pictures. I'm so glad we moved to Reels. And I feel like there's a lot more transparency and like authentic... You know, this is real life right here. Like, this is my messy house. Like, I feel like we're seeing a lot more of that. But when I see a picture of this family and everyone is wearing cute outfits that aren't matching, but they coordinate, and everyone's faces are clean and their hair is done, it blows my mind because I can't even get my kids to look like that on a holiday, like for Christmas. It is so hard. So for me, that's something I struggle with is like, my family is a mess. So we look like (laughs) trash. (laughs) Like my kids look like ragamuffins. Like they won't let me do their hair. They've got peanut butter on their cheek. Like So for me, that's something I can totally relate to, like comparing the social media. And it's important to not do that because you know that family took a lot of work to get those outfits, put those kids in those clothes, <laughs> force them to put smiles on their faces for that picture. But anyways, do not, yeah, it's, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations, like a, seeing a clean playroom, seeing a c- picture of a clean aesthetic playroom. That is so Pinteresty. like that kind of stuff does drive me nuts. So removing the expectations is kind of hard because we're seeing these things so much, but just... Basically, I think it comes down to like comparing yourself to others, either online or in person, because that happens too with a lot of like, you might have friends that have babies around the same age or toddlers, or they've had pregnancies the same time as you. And it's really easy to just compare notes and say like, oh, a little, little Tommy started crawling at six months, but my baby won't even sit up on her own. Like, And she's two weeks older than him. I had that one of my closest, best mom friends. Her son is two weeks older than Ayla. And I could not help but like, like measure her up to him. I'm like, wow, he's doing X, Y, Z. She's not even close. And it took me having two more kids to realize how different every baby is and how every child develops on their own time. You know, kids are going to reach their full potential. They are all going to flourish. They are all going to bloom and be their beautiful, foolish selves with all of their, all of their skills, motor skills, fine motor skills, and those other ones, you know, like they're going to figure it all out in their own time. There is no timeline for your baby. Okay. Okay. Rosie was walking at like 10 months old. Blake didn't walk till she was like a year and a half. Like Kids are just different. They're just different. And you got to remove the expectations that you put on yourself as a parent, but also that you put on your child. And then don't play the comparison game because unless you have two of the same kid, which will never happen. (laughs) Even if you have twins, they're going to be different people they're going to have their own timelines. Okay. So that's another piece of advice. Here we go. Next, (laughs) make sure to start a baby book right away. That's a good idea, but I'm going to add to that and say, continue working on the baby book because it's easy in the beginning when everything's new and you're excited, but when they get to like seven, eight months and you're busy, maybe you're pregnant again, or you've got more than one kid and life is just lifing. It's hard to like sit down with a pen and be like, Oh, let me open my baby book. (laughs) At least that was my experience. Um, so maintaining the baby book is a big thing. So maybe you set a reminder on your phone on the first of every month or whenever the birthday is like, so Ayla's birthday is the sixth. If I had done this reminder on the sixth of every month to just check in, write it down, that might be helpful. I downloaded the app, the short years, which Cannot recommend enough because they make all the pages for you and it's so pretty. And then you just mail it to you. You do it all on your phone on the app. You upload pictures. It prompts you with questions because sometimes you don't know. At least with Ayla and Rosie's baby books, like it was like things you like this month or like things you're doing. And I just like I was like, ooh, um, ooh. where the the short years app has very specific questions. And that, that was really helpful for me. You upload the pictures, like I said, and then it sends it to you. And it's so nice and sleek and beautiful and like not scrapbooky. Like my (laughs) ones are, you don't have to worry about printing out the pictures and cutting them out and pasting them in or whatever format you have. Um, I need to get better at this. I actually was thinking about this recently because Blake's, I think, I got to like that seven or eight month mark. And just, it's just sitting on my phone. I have to like finish it. And I know it'll be so worth it later because my mom kept a journal. This is kind of funny. My mom kept a journal for us. Like a literally like black, black and white, the white line paper notebook. And she just wrote about us. Like just randomly. I'll have to like go back and look at the dates. I have it somewhere but she kept it until I was four years old and just like did updates on like, you know, you love beauty and the beast, you know, all the words to the song. I'm going to read you this one verbatim, do your research. You will know your child better than anyone else. Trust your gut. Okay. So I feel like, I think we need to take the do your research out of it and just stick with the, you know, your child better than anyone else. Trust your gut. Like that alone that is something I totally leaned into when I had Ayla and I talked about this in a previous episode talking about transitions and how I went from zero to one so smoothly. I trusted my gut. I felt in my body like I knew what I was doing. And I just listened to that voice. So, yes, trust your gut. And you know your child better than anyone. You might not know, you know, much about hand, foot, and mouth or um croup or I'm trying to think of the other like illnesses that you hear about in the baby's first year. Like, yeah, you can research those, but I don't want it to make you spiral. I want you to keep in mind that you know your baby best. So when you're researching and you're on WebMD at like two in the morning (laughs) and you're looking at the symptoms and then you're looking at your baby, I really want you to just put your hand on your heart, one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, take a deep breath what's the word, like tune out the noise, like block out the extra noise and say, okay, this is what I know about my baby. These are the symptoms that they have. And this is how I feel about them. And it can be really hard when you've got a lot of emotions, you're low on sleep. Maybe you have decision fatigue. This happened recently when I, when Blake broke her leg and we were like, do we get a second opinion? Cause they told us it wasn't broken. And just so many like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? That's when I leaned in. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, I think it might be broken. It was really scary, but and it was. So I'm glad we did that another time. I want to share this other example with you just real quick. Um, Rosie. <laughs> Rosie had a fever for like a few days in a row, got really high. She would not take any medicine. She wouldn't take it. She's supposed to be on antibiotics. She wouldn't take it. She wouldn't take any fever reducer. She was fighting us. I would try to get her to take it and like kind of force, not like physically force her, but I was like, you have to take this medicine. You have to take it. Because not listen. She is a wise girl. I could not hide it in her juice box. I cannot mix it. Like it just, she wouldn't even drink water. Like it was so hard, but I forced her to take it. I said, you have to take it. Like there's no choice, Rosie. She threw it up. So, like, it was rough. Then she's coughing up blood. Okay. Which was alarming. I was like shaking. But I also, at the same time, I was like, this doesn't, I know she's okay. She just has a fever and she's not taking her medicine. But I called the doctor, and you know what they told me? Bring her to the ER. My heart absolutely dropped. I was like, what? Uh, it's scary hearing that like your child needs like medical attention in an emergency room setting. I was so scared, but at the same time, I'm like, this goes against how I feel. So this is like the opposite of what most women experience. I feel like a lot of women would panic and be like, Oh my God, she's dying. It's terrible. It's happening. Like, and then the doctor would be like, calm down. It's okay. But in this situation, I was calm and I was told to be, not to be in fear, but like, to like, you know, we got to do some fast action here. So it's a little flip on the script, but ended up, guess what happened? Kind of funny. I'm laughing because we get to the emergency room, they do all the tests and they told us that she has allergies. Oh my gosh. Like I have a lot of respect for healthcare professionals. A lot of my friends are in the industry, in the field, nurses, but allergies, She's got a fever of 104. She's coughing blood, and her throat had like red and white patches all over it. It was like they didn't even look in her mouth. Oh my gosh. Wow. Florida healthcare needs to step up their game. (laughs) I ended up bringing her to our primary care, and they said she had tonsillitis, not strep throat, tonsillitis. But we got it resolved. And it was not an emergency, and that was a long story. But I just wanted to reiterate the fact that you know your child best, your gut knows, and you will be faced with times where you have to kind of differentiate. Like, am I afraid? Is Is this my mind, or is this my gut? Ooh, that's tricky. And motherhood really does put us in those situations. Like, we're really forced as moms to be uncomfortable. A lot of the times, like we're, we're scared, we're anxious, we're, you know, we're confused, we're worried. You have to kind of like figure out that compass, that internal compass. I'm not telling you to ignore your child's symptoms. If you're like, well, I think it's fine. Like, no, definitely still follow up with a doctor, (laughs) but you know, your child best. Okay. We're going to move on from this topic. All right, this one I need to add to it. Okay, so she says, "Don't stress about the house, your life, your looks. Just f it all and enjoy your baby." That is not practical advice because it is in our nature, number one, to, you know, have this type of stress where we want to look a certain way and we want our house to be clean and we also want to enjoy our baby. Like I am a true believer that we can have it all. It's just going to look different. Also, like you can't say, oh, we have no dishes and we have no groceries in our fridge and we have just piles of dirty laundry. And there's also piles of clean laundry that need to be folded, but just F it all. Like I, I can't do that. That would spiral me into anxiety. And that just feels terrible. Feeling like my house is a mess. Like everything is a mess. Like, I can't relax. I can't enjoy my baby. This is just me personally. Maybe you're like, no, it's fine. (laughs) Like, I get it. There's a time and a place to just like, the laundry can wait. I'm just like, maybe there's a clean basket of clothes that needs to be folded, but your baby just fell asleep on your chest and you're having a really special moment and you just want to soak it in. That is fine. I've done that. But what I'm talking about is... I need systems in place and I need my house functioning, especially if you have more than one child. So my advice for the new mom is to find the systems that are going to work for you. You know, what days or what can you commit to in terms of doing laundry and dishes? Like how are we going to divide the household tasks? It shouldn't all be on you. The main, if you're the main care provider for the baby and your children, you can't also be, I mean, you could, but it's just a lot for one person to do all of the housework, all of the baby's needs, all of your other children's needs. And then your, it's just a lot. So if you can schedule regular house cleanings, I know it's a lot, but it's worth it. Let me tell you, if you can hire a laundry service, or if you can have mother-in-law come down for a weekend or like a day, a month, That's when you like hammer down on all the laundry, you're changing all the sheets, getting everything done on that one day, or maybe she's helping you. Maybe there's a a mother's helper in the neighborhood. Like that's like a young 11, 12, 13, all the way up to like 18 year old, someone who can just like play with the kids, watch the baby, like she's sleeping and you just need to like take a nap so that you have energy to do the rest of the chores. Like, what is it going to look like for you? Now, I will agree that stressing about it is not going to help the situation. Like stressing about the amount of laundry, stressing about the dishes. Like the dishes in the laundry will always be there. Just like you have to brush your teeth every day. Like that's my best analogy. Laundry is equivalent to brushing your teeth. You can't do it once and expect it to stay clean. <laughs> like it's a daily chore. Does it mean you have to do five loads fold them all, put them all away in a day. No, you could just do a little bit each day just to maintain. That's all. All right. There are so many responses that I have not even touched on yet, but that was a good bulk of them. We laughed, we cried, (laughs) and now we're closing out. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I hope you share this with a mom friend. Maybe she is pregnant, or just had a baby, and she could benefit from hearing this because I know when you are a new mom, or you know, when you're a new mom, you know, when people are just laying unsolicited advice on you, and, and it just makes you feel like, A, wow, I didn't ask for this, and B, this feels heavy. Like sometimes that new mom stage, that, and even like you're not a mom yet, maybe you're pregnant. It feels so heavy. All Everyone's loading up this responsibility and projecting all of this weight onto you of ooh, this like dark, negative, like, like this is what you need to know. It's like, do I? Do I need to know that? Because I really d- wish you didn't tell me. <laughs> so for the mom who might be dealing with that, send her this episode in hopes that it will lift some of the weight off of her shoulders. It will lift – her spirit. It will get her excited. It'll make her feel less alone if she is a new mom and just, you know, in the trenches right now. Thank you always for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. I appreciate you and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.